Alright, let's see how fast the monkey with a crayon can work. change for the, the wrestling world without any shadow of any doubt for the last 22 years and much longer than that frankly Vince McMahon has been the world's leading wrestling promoter he can call it sports entertainment all he wants everybody calls it wrestling his leaving changes the wrestling landscape 
okay? It changes everything. Not just in WWE, but around the world. Because every kid, when they're watching wrestling, since 2001, at least, has dreamed of making it to the WWF. Uh, in the 80s, you know, some of us argued, well, the, the NWA or WCW, whatever you want to call it, was better. It was wrestling. It was real. WWF was show. But NWA, they, they're real. All right. You get my point. But everybody dreamed of going to New York. Even though the WWE headquarters was in Stanford, Connecticut, it was in the wrestling industry, behind the scenes, it was always called New York or the Big Daddy. Okay? And mind you... This just kind of struck me. Uh, other companies, WCW, uh, NWA, uh, Ring of Honor, until they collapsed a couple years ago because of the pandemic and other things, uh, all elite wrestling, they've all done joint promotions or co-promotions of big events with uh, like all Japan pro wrestling or new Japan pro wrestling WWE is the only company that has never done a co-promoted event they've never had to they just tour the world you know when they want to they go everywhere so they don't have to co-promote like these other companies have. That just just a really sidebar. But Vince McMahon retiring changes the wrestling landscape. What is this going to do to the wrestling world? The WWE, first and foremost, it was always known as the land of the giants. Okay? Not just talking about Andre the Giant or the <laughs> Great Kali or Omos. But it was always the big man's federation. Now, that changed a little bit after the steroid scandal of uh, the early 90s up to 1994. After the steroid scandal and Vince beat the federal government, uh, he still adapted the product to have a, a more natural, smaller guy federation. You still had, you know, the Undertaker was 6 foot 10. You still had Yokozuna that was six foot six and four or five hundred pounds. Uh, poor Yoko, he just ate himself to death. But he was 
a sweetheart of a guy from what people say. But you went, they went towards Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, the more athletic guys. And uh, people like Owen Hart, God rest his soul. You saw, you know, Stone Cold was not a giant. He was in good shape, phenomenal shape, uh, but not a, a a big guy, not a giant, not six foot six, not three hundred pounds, you know. And in the last twenty years, at least, uh, you've seen wrestling in general go to a much more athletic type of wrestler. You still have your giants out there. Uh, you know, you still have your big men, your big beefy boys as they... All right, that sounds a little weird, but it the focus is more on athletics now. And also, there's more... Even though the flippy shit, as Jim Cornette calls it, uh, the high spots, the flips, the, the moves, uh, that gets a lot of ooh and ah, but there's also a big, big trend toward mat wrestling. Guys like AJ Styles, uh, he's known as a flyer, but uh, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to call him, Daniel Bryan, wait, Brian Danielson. <laughs> I saw this guy come out, and I'm like, kind of small. It was a Ring of Honor show. But he, he, he was mat wrestling. Then he'd pick the pace up and run around the ring, uh, do a few high spots. AJ Styles, the same thing. Him and Samoa Joe burned the house down with Samoa Joe's power moves and AJ doing a combination of high flying and mat wrestling. You know, these guys will start the match off slow, chain wrestling, wrist lock, arm bar, headlock, chin lock, and then, you know, they're reversing the moves. They're, they're, mo they're going through that chain wrestling quick, quick, quick. And the fans pop for that. And I think that's what we're going to see more of in WWE and wrestling. Uh, I'm going to tell you the truth. The uh, AEW the other night had Chris Jericho versus um, oh shit, I can't remember the other guy's name. But um, Eddie Kingston. And it was the worst barbed wire death match I've ever seen. I didn't believe it. Now, I see today after I laughed at Chris Jericho screaming in pain uh, on Instagram, uh, he really did have a broken nose after the match. So get well soon, Chris. But the barbed wire was so shittily put together, it didn't look real. The paramedics and the referee are randomly grabbing the same barbed wire that Chris Jericho supposedly hooked up to and stuck to and you know you got a female referee out there handling barbed wire and it just looked fake I think stuff like that's gonna start to fall by the wayside and uh, you're 
probably not going to see that in WWE. But you're going to see more athletic wrestlers. You're going to see more chain wrestling. Smaller, quote, smaller wrestlers that are athletic. And even some of the big guys today are damn athletic for their size. You know, Keith Lee is one that slipped away from Vince. And and this is why uh, I think it was time for Vince to retire. He looks at a guy like Keith Lee and goes, I just don't get you. Well, the fans got Keith Lee. We got Keith Lee. We understood him. We didn't care that he didn't come out there and scream and yell during promos and arr. You know, it's okay to be intellectual and a thinking man's wrestler. Look at Nick Bockwinkle. His whole gimmick was, I'm smarter than my opponents. I'll outwit my opponents. And he never raised his voice, not very much. So one thing that's going to change in wrestling is going to be more athleticism versus the Giants, the big beefy boys. All right, I'll stop using that voice, I promise. Also, I think with Steph in charge, uh, her and Tony Khan are co-CEOs, you're going to see more women's wrestling. I've been calling for this for a, a while now, the last few years, three, four, I don't know, a few years. More women's title belts. More women's tag team wrestling. Have a women's tag division that matters. There are enough talented women that you can have five or six women's tag teams and still have a whole bunch of women's uh, singles wrestlers and have two or three women's title belts, like the women's tag team titles. Defend them on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Then you can have a women's Intercontinental and a women's United States champion. Okay? I think you're going to see that. Who I don't know how soon things will change, how quickly this is going to happen, but I hope it, it happens gradually, but quickly, if that makes sense, over the next year or so. Uh, I already mentioned tag team wrestling. Uh, supposedly, Vince has never liked tag team wrestling. I'm getting my cigar stoking up again. By the way, Vince, this cigar is in your honor again. The second one of the day, but uh, for the memories, Vince, this cigar is for you. Got that going. Tag Team Wrestling. Supposedly Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn, the producer of the, you know, the guy that calls the camera angles and calls some of the shots behind the scenes, uh, don't like Tag Team Wrestling. But wrestling fans do. And since we're going to, I think, return to a more wrestling-centered product... I think you'll see tag team wrestling return. Some of the best feuds, most intriguing storylines, if you will, were tag teams. The first one that comes to mind is the Road Warriors versus the Midnight Express. Right? You had 
the, the it ended in a scaffold match with which ruined Jim Cornette's knees to this day. And but you also had the Rock and Roll Express versus everybody, you know, the, versus the Russians, the evil Russians, uh, versus uh, the Midnight Express, you know, and, and the fans to this day worship Ricky and Robert down south. They're in their 60s and still going, okay? Uh, but tag team wrestling can be one of the most entertaining, dramatic storylines in a wrestling match that you can have. And I think you're going to see more tag teams. Now, it seems like they get a tag team together just to split them up and send one guy on a singles push and the other guy to the unemployment line. And I'm afraid that's going to happen to... Uh, the street profits. There's no reason why a team can't be a team their entire careers, like the Road Warriors, except for the times when Hawk disappeared because of personal demons. But the New Day is a perfect example. Even though they sent uh, Big E off on his own, Kofi and um, Kofi and Elijah? No. What's the other guy's name? Shit. Well, anyways, Kofi and the other guy, I can see him in my head. I can see him having sex with Paige in my head. Uh, but, sorry to break off there. Uh, they kept Kofi and the other one together. They stayed friends. Not Nobody turned heel... Nobody went rogue. Nobody turned on the other members of the team. Okay? And there's nothing wrong with that being a storyline. Okay? But Dawkins and Ford are such great athletes and such have such great chemistry. I don't know how they know each other, if they were friends before this or, or what. But they've got chemistry. They could stay together. And Montez Ford could have his singles run with Dawkins in his corner. You know? Dawkins could have a singles run. You know? You could have Montez Ford capture the world title or uh, a mid-card title. And, you know, have Dawkins capture the other one. Something like that. You know, uh, what is it? Bailey and Sasha were allowed to be women's tag champions and women's world champions, or as they say, the Raw and SmackDown women's champions. So, why couldn't Dawkins and Ford be the Intercontinental Champion, U.S. Champion, and Tag Team Champions. Why not? Okay. But Tag Team Wrestling, I think, will have a comeback. Lastly, I think we're going to see the return of good guys versus bad guys. Remember when Vince came out after Brett screwed Brett 
and said, I think the wrestling fans are tired of having their intelligence insulted by simple storylines of good guys versus bad guys. It's more like shades of gray. And yeah, that worked. Uh, and there, there were good points to that. But the, the most popular brand in wrestling, with wrestling among wrestling fans, was NXT when Triple H was running it. And there were clear-cut good guys and bad guys. Good girls, good women, bad women. Or good girls and bad girls, whatever. But it was clear-cut. You knew. Johnny Gargano is the babyface. Tommaso Ciampa is the heel. They were a tag team, and then they split up. And then they got back together. Then they split up, and Johnny Gargano was the heel. So there's all kinds of things you can do with the good guys versus bad guys and give the fans something to be vested in and something to look forward to. I've got to see, is, is, is the underdog finally going to overcome? Daniel Bryan, classic example. The yes movement. He got over on his own. Fans got him. Oh, fans got over with him. He has people in the, the crowd chanting, "Yes, yes, yes." As well as Brie Bella chanting, "Yes." But anyway, that was the different story, different, different, different thing. So Daniel Bryan, everyone wanted to see the underdog, the little guy, overcome these great odds stacked against him after he was the total opposite of what Vince liked in wrestling. You had guys like Malachi Black or Aleister Black. The fans got Aleister Black. He was going to be the next Undertaker with that that thing he did where, you know, before his match, he would come out and rise up on a, a riser. For, he'd be laying flat in a grave type thing and rise up. And then he'd jump on the ring apron, do a somersault over the top rope and land sitting Indian style. Uh, you know, people ate that up and he could work in the ring and he could, he had, a, he had character. And Vince said, hey, I don't get you. So, I'm not even going to talk about the legal shit. These are all the reasons why it was time for Vince to go. And I've been saying it for a year or so. That Vince needs to retire and let Steph and Triple H run that company. Specifically Triple H. And I hope his health stays well. Poor man's in his 40s or maybe early 50s and has a pacemaker. Um... So I, I hope he, he stays healthy and well. But, yeah, this is the post-wrestling world without Vince McMahon. More athleticism. Focus on women's wrestling. Wrestling being the key word there with the women. More tag team wrestling. And back to the good guys of or good old days of clear-cut good guys versus bad guys. 
because there's a lot of suspense you can build and a lot of things you can keep people on the edge of their seat with. It, is this going to be the day so-and-so turns, turns bad guy? Oh my God, the day Hulk Hogan teamed up with Macho Man. Macho Man, the bad guy. The, the uh, being unkind to Miss Elizabeth. And Miss Elizabeth runs to the locker room and brings out Hulk Hogan to save Randy Savage. And the mega powers unite. And then for a year, they built a storyline to where the mega powers explode. All based on clear-cut good guy and bad guy. That's what puts an ass every 18 inches, as good old JR would say. So let's break, and I'm going to read uh, Vince's farewell statement. And uh, WrestleTalk.com has an article up about uh, what happened during the WWE meeting after Vince's retirement. So stand back. After I gulp some water. Alright. So this was Vince's farewell statement. I was so enthused and excited earlier that I didn't read this in my previous uh, podcast and video. Uh, The official statement from Vince McMahon uh, today, July 22nd, 2022... As I approach 77 years old, I feel it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE. Throughout the years, it's been a privilege to help WWE bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, surprise you, and always entertain you. I would like to thank you or thank my family for mightily contributing to our success. And I would also like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication and passion for our brand. Most importantly, I would like to thank our fans for allowing us into their homes every week and being your choice of entertainment. I hold the deepest appreciation and admiration for our generations of fans all over the world who have liked currently like and sometimes even loved our form of sports entertainment our global guidance can take comfort in knowing or pardon me our global audience can take comfort in knowing WWE will 
continue to entertain you with the same fervor, dedication, and passion as always. I am extremely confident in the continued success of WWE, and I leave our company in the capable hands of an extraordinary group of superstars, employees, and executives particularly both Chairwoman and Co-CEO Stephanie McMahon and Co-CEO Nick Kahn. As the majority shareholder, I will continue to support WWE in any way I can. My personal thanks to our community and business partners, shareholders, and board of directors for their guidance and support through the years, then, now, forever, together so there you have it Vince is no longer a part of the WWE creative process as of uh, I think it was like 4.05 today he announced this right after the close of the stock market Uh, earlier this week Or I should say recently. I don't know if it's this week or last or whatever. Kevin Dunn uh, sold off a bunch of his shares of WWE stock. Uh, rumors have it he, he will be the next one to go. He is not liked by the wrestlers. Uh, he had a lot of input and a lot of uh, influence in Vince McMahon's ear. He was he was with Vince through a lot of shit. There's no other way to put it but shit. And, uh, you know, supposedly Kevin Dunn held back Becky Lynch because he didn't like the way her voice sounded on television. But the fans wanted Becky Lynch. And here's another example of Someone that the company didn't like. They didn't want to push. They wanted her to be a sidekick to Charlotte and Sasha. And the fans said, screw you. We love this Becky Lynch. To the point they couldn't help but push her. And a lot of that had to do with Triple H's growing influence in the creative side of things. And so I think you're going to see Kevin Dunn go next. And uh, I don't know who will replace him. I don't think it would be hard to replace him. Here's another thing about the future of wrestling. The wrestlers that have succeeded for the last 20 years at least. And probably going back further. But they are all people who came to Vince and pitched an idea and they turned their pers- their persona up to 11 and you know on a scale of 1 to 10 they turned it up to an 11 they are like The Rock they are Stone Cold Steve Austin people that the writers and Vince had different creative directions for The Rock going from Rocky Maivia and thankfully he got injured and took like six months off 
and went from that pineapple afro thing he had and the tacky supposed to be Samoan tribal attire didn't look anything tribal or Samoan but that's what it was supposed to be and he said I just he told Vince let me just be the rock let me refer to myself in the third person let me go out there and talk shit to the fans and the more he insulted us the more we loved him he had stone cold before that you know don't make me the ringmaster the ringmaster uh, Stone Cold pitched you know, this beer swelling redneck because that's who he was and Vince said let's run with that and Stone Cold went from being a heel to being an anti-hero to being a hero he, they say he sold more merchandise than Hulk Hogan that's no, that's no small task. Uh, honestly, I mean, the ratings, of course, the TV setup was different, but the ratings and the, the asses in seats and the merchandise sales were way bigger for Stone Cold than Hulk Hogan. Okay. Well, let's not get into that. Let's see what happened at the backstage meeting uh, of wrestlers and management here. So, updates. There are obviously many fallout stories following this news. So look at our page for the latest, for all, for all the latest. Yeah, okay. WrestleTalk.com. 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 Okay. The details of the meeting after Vince McMahon's retirement announcement have been revealed. Per PW Insider, the WWE all-hands-on-deck meeting was described as a short, raw-raw meeting, with Vince being described as irreplaceable. It's also noted that Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan would plot the course for the company moving forward. Uh, I guess Stephanie started out SmackDown with a very emotional tribute to Vince. Uh, I'm not watching SmackDown right now. I'm making this video on podcast. But okay, so according to Fightful Select, uh, the All Hands on Deck meeting wasn't all hands as originally portrayed several raw talent weren't required to attend and it was sickly uh quick it was simply a quick goodbye for those who were there further updates on the vince mcmahon retirement fallout when they become available so follow them on twitter and uh what's their fucking twitter handle at, I think it's at Russell Talk on Twitter. Let's go over here and see if they got any updates. Twitter.com slash WrestleTalk underscore TV. At WrestleTalk underscore TV on Twitter. At WrestleTalk underscore TV. Let's see what updates there are. 
Flair has weighed in on Vince McMahon's retirement announcement. Let's see what Slick Rick, woo, the nature boy, has to say. Flair tribute to Vince McMahon upon retirement news. Scroll, 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 scroll. After the news broke, blah, blah, blah. At Vince McMahon, you've made my life better every day since I've been in the wrestling business. You're the only promoter in my career that treated me like a man, respected who I was, and made me a better person. God bless you for all you've done. FYI, no one can follow your act. Uh, that's 100. You know, when Vin- when Rick came to the WWE, uh, the first time was 1991 or 1990. And Rick was being beat down by a- an asshole named Jim Hurd in WCW. And Rick came over with the WCW or NWA World Heavyweight title belt and called himself the real world champion, not Hulk Hogan. Uh, but Vince treated him with respect and kindness. Uh, Dusty Rhodes said the same thing. For years, Dusty Rhodes was the booker, the matchmaker, opposite Vince McMahon and competed fiercely with Vince McMahon in the mid and late 80s when uh, Dusty was booking... Uh, Crockett Promotions as part of the NWA and their flag show was World Championship Wrestling. Honestly, Eric Bischoff didn't stand a chance at uh, putting Vince out of business. If it was if Vince was going to be put out of business, it was going to be that 80s period when Crockett Promotions and Dusty Rhodes were nipping at their heels. Uh, But Dusty said the same thing when he came to the WWE, aside from the polka dots, which Dusty says he didn't care about. uh, When Dusty came to WWE, Vince said, just relax. Just take it easy. You've been doing double, triple duty, booking wrestling and wrestling on top since the 70s. Dusty was the booker of Florida Championship Wrestling when it was its hottest. Dusty was the booker uh, of Georgia and Charlotte Wrestling when they were at their hottest. He came into WWE thinking the same thing and Vince said, no, just be a wrestler. Just relax. And Dusty said it was the biggest financial year of his career. So he went from getting double pay from Crockett Promotions for booking and wrestling and had his biggest financial year as just a wrestler in WWE. When Vin, or when Ric Flair came to the WWE the second time uh, after WCW closed, Rick was depressed. He was sad. Uh he says Bischoff and people treated him badly. Now, lately in uh, the podcast world, I hear Rick's, Rick and Bischoff talking to one another like they're old pals. After 
after Rick buried Bischoff in uh, Rick's autobiography, but whatever. Vin Vince and Triple H lifted Ric Flair back up with a feud with uh, Vince over control of the company and different things. They made Rick feel like a better person and brought him back. People that know Vince, and, and he's a quirky guy, and you know, I know that we're, I'm saying nice things about a guy who had sex with and gave women money to shut up. Okay, I get it. You're going to say, oh, there's nothing nice about a guy like that. As far as we know, aside from one female referee in the 80s, we're talking about consenting relationships between adults. Okay? As far as I know. Now, if things come to light and are proven that Vince was... Um, raping or sexually assaulting people, I'll tell Vince to fuck off. But, for right now, pe people say, the Undertakers, the Ric Flairs, from time to time, Hulk Hogan, when he and Vince are getting along, they all say how kind Vince is and how he will take people and lift them up. Uh, there, there are the, com the complaints on the internet of you know Vince yelling instructions into the ringside announcer's ears telling them what to say then you have Pat McAfee come along is the best color commentary guy uh, I've seen in a long time with his enthusiasm and excitement and he says yeah Vince says things into my headset but Vince is the only boss I've ever had that I can walk into his office and say, hey, I need advice on this, and he'll give it to me. Uh, he'll say, Vince, he'll go to Vince and say, hey, I need help with this, and he'll get it, you know. So, update on Brock Lesnar tonight. Update on the Brock Lesnar walkout. As SmackDown is on air. Brock Lesnar could be headed back to the arena in Boston to appear on tonight's July 22nd WWE SmackDown as previously planned. Uh, I was following a, a live stream on YouTube of somebody talking about what's going on on the SmackDown show. And they said that the Usos were on SmackDown putting over the Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns match. So maybe Brock's going to have a change of heart and, and go through with the SummerSlam plans and then walk away. But initially it was reported that uh, Brock walked out and said, if, if he's gone, I'm gone. Because that's how close him and Vince were. He said Vince was like a, a father figure to him. Uh, on the Pat McAfee show, actually. Pat McAfee podcast. Uh, here, WrestleTalk.com is quoting uh, somebody saying, I know they are working on getting Brock back to the building to talk this out. We'll see. So, uh, 
According to, or could Brock Lesnar be headed back to the arena in Boston? According to a new report from WrestleVotes on Twitter, it is possible that Brock Lesnar could still appear. Writing on Twitter, the account who has been historically known for reliable scoops said, so this is coming from uh, WrestleVotes, at WrestleVotes on Twitter. I know they're working on getting Brock back to the building to talk this out. We'll see. So we'll see, I guess. Back to at WrestleTalk underscore TV on Twitter here. Uh, hashtag WWE celebrate slams. Slams fans for celebrating Vince's retirement, calling them both Marks and Jabronis. Who slammed? Who slammed us for telling Vince thank you for fifty years of entertainment? Do, 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 do. With the shock announcement of Vince retiring, fans and wrestlers alike hopped on social media to share their thoughts. Coming on the heels of Vince McMahon making a shocking, okay, yeah, yeah. Longtime McMahon confident on-screen Vince McMahon stooge Gerald Briscoe shot back at fans on Twitter who were celebrating the retirement of Vince McMahon using plenty of pro wrestling jargon in the process. Dropping his thoughts on Twitter, Briscoe wrote, Disappointed to see all you jabronis celebrating the retirement of a man who created a world that gave us so much, gave you so much enjoyment growing up. If Vince never existed, all you marks would would have sadder lives than you already do. <laughs> okay, I get it now. So people that were saying like "good riddance, goodbye, Vince," uh, we're glad you're retiring. Briscoe shot back at them. I'm right now. I consider this celebrating Vince McMahon's retirement, but it, I'm doing it in a positive way. He was shooting on the people who uh, were doing it in a, a negative way. Find out what Stephanie McMahon said as she kicked off tonight's SmackDown. This must be a newer one. Let's see what old Steph said. Man, she is gorgeous. Here's what Stephanie McMahon said on Smacketh, Smacketh Down. Tonight's edition of Raw, the uh, heir apparent did not have any televised entrance. Rather, began the show by thanking fans and announcing very quickly to television audiences that her father was retiring. A crowd erupted interrupted her chanting thank you Vince and Stephanie responded she was attempting to get uh, to get there Stephanie told the cheering crowd this is the WWE universe and we are eternally grateful to all of you but since Vince had the opportunity to thank us I would like to take this moment to thank him that was pretty cool of her Letting the crowd chant, thank you, Vince, Stephanie appeared emotional as she uh, mouthed to the camera, I love you, Dad. The cameras quickly cut to the crowd as the street prophets 
uh, music hit and the show continued with Michael Cole saying, how about, how about we do what WWE does best and entertain the world? So that's how SmackDown started off. Steph made a quick emotional announcement that Vince had retired. The crowd chanted, thank you, Vince. Uh, and they got on with wrestling, as it, it should have been. Uh, so, ahead of tonight's SmackDown, Five Ways WWE's new management team uh, could change the company that now that Vince has relinquished control. I'll retweet that one at the real underscore Big John. You can look at it and see what Russell Talk thinks uh, the new direction should be. I'm going to close this out now. Thank you guys. God bless you. Pray for each other. And thank you, Vince. Thanks for the memories. And stand back. All of you who want to bring me down, I have you.